everybody. Good evening and welcome to the July Lymphedema Patient Roundtable hosted by LymphaPress. I am Alexa Ercolano. I'm the Marketing and Communications Associate here at LymphaPress and a primary lymphedema patient myself. We are pumped you're all here with us tonight. It's another great evening ahead with lots to talk about. So as you're all logging on, let us know in the chat where you're saying hi from, and I'm going to introduce our lovely panel that we have here. So first, we've got Angela Jones, Lipo Lymphedema Patient and Health Coach. Hi, Angela. Hello. We have Catherine Rosenberg, Cancer Survivor, Secondary Lymphedema Patient, and math teacher, I love to say, but she's on summer break, so no math questions for now. <laughs> and she's got some big news to share with us tonight about a surgery that she had a week after the last time we met. Um, we've got some updates from her on that. We have Amanda Sobe, lymphedema patient, certified personal trainer and nutritionist, also president of the Lymphedema Association of Manitoba. So hello, Madam President. And last but not least, we have Kelly Bell, veteran fighting lymphedema, amazing advocate. You know him, you love him. We all love him. And no therapists on board tonight. So hopefully Karen Ashforth or Nazarene join us. So in the meantime, we ask that you hold any medical questions until we have a therapist here. Uh, you don't want our medical advice. Um, we're not qualified to give it, but we'll speak from experience when we can and encourage you as always to speak with your doctor or lymphedema therapist for specific questions. So everybody's chiming in in chat. We've got Layla from Southern New Jersey, MJ from Cleveland, Dolores from Florida, Tina in Minnesota, and oh, a fellow Marylander, Lori Pelnitz. Nice to see you. And Dee in North Carolina. So we are going to get started. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, it is going to be a jam-packed hour. So we appreciate you being here. We're going to start off with Catherine. Can you tell us what surgery you had last month? What appointment you had today? What's going on? We want to know. Inquiring minds. Inquiring minds. So I had a um, SAPL, which is the suction assistant protein lipectomy surgery for my left lower leg, um, which was to help to reduce the circumference size of my lymphedema limb um, because it was blocking my ability to have um appropriate movements in flexion of my hips, flexion in my knee. Um, so I went in on June 21st um, and I had the surgery done and they were able to remove 2.5 liters of junk, as we'll call it, um, from my leg. Um, from that, I was there for about two days um, just to control pain because the it's it's not your traditional painful pain that this is because they're small, super, super small incisions, but it's um, more of like a nerve pain um, because your leg becomes very, very sensitive. Um, the doctor joked with me before I was discharged that my leg would turn purple. Um, today, when I saw him, I kind of picked on him because purple is my favorite color and my leg did not turn purple. It was yellow. So I was a little sad, but sad in a good way um, because purple is very painful bruising. So I didn't really want that anyway. Um, so he, um, we've been doing CDT and lymphedema therapy for the past, since the following Monday, since the 26th. Um, I am going through five days a week of CDT along with physical therapy to help get the motion back in my leg properly 
as well as to learn how to walk with a smaller limb, which is a very difficult situation when your leg has always been larger for 34 years. And you have a joint replacement and a spinal fusion. It makes it a lot of fun, to say the least. Um, so it's been a lot of work. Um, and today I went back to the um, to Penn for my post-operative two appointments, one with the physical medicine rehab doc who is, um, she does a lot of my compression orders. She understands everything that's going on. Um, she's been with me through everything that I've dealt with through Penn's lymphatic disorders program. Um, and I also saw um, the surgeon himself. Both were very, very pleased. Um, my thigh is actually smaller on my lymphedema side now than my right, than my unaffected side. Um, Get to work. What? Get to work. It, 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 get to work, get to work. Yes, I, I, I am working, Kelly. Come on now. Um, and um, my calf is coming down slowly. Um, in a week and a half, I lost 1.6 liters of volume. Wow. And we don't know, I don't know what, the actual volume should have been with circumferential measurements from when he actually did it because he didn't measure it in the OR for me. So I don't have, you know, I know what it was with the post-surgical swelling, but they predict that my lymphedema side is actually going to be smaller than my non-lymphedema side. So I'm super excited. That's amazing. What an awesome outcome. And we had a question in chat. Joyce wants to know if you could put the name of the surgery in chat um, and remind people, because it was SAPL, right? Suction assisted protein lipectomy. Mm -hmm. it's um, actually, it depends on what doctor you see. Some mm -hmm. of them will actually just call it suction assisted lipectomy. Um, mm -hmm. But you just have to make sure that whoever is doing it understands the lymphatic system and how to do it around um the lymphatics with somebody who has a lymphatic dysfunction. Um, Nezreen, I'm sure you can address that a little bit in terms of the fact that making sure that you have a surgeon who understands the concept. Mm. And Dolores wanted to know, when you mentioned pain, was it like a cellulitis pain? Could you describe what that was for you? So the pain was more sensitivity. So you it was very difficult to touch or have something on my leg um, initially. Um, so it was a work in progress in terms of figuring out compression because I was used to layering two class three garments on top of my leg before surgery. And now I don't do that. I'm consistently compression wrapping right now. Um, I'm actually using a product that's fairly new in the um, in lymphedema world. Um, that has been a huge success for me, which is the fast single bandages. It's super easy to put on because I'm rewrapping my leg probably easily three to four times in a day because of the reduction that's actually happening. Um, because the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. So you need to be moving in order to pump the fluid to get it out. So as I'm moving, the, the bandages are slowly sliding down. So I have to un undo it and redo it. And though, and I only need to use two to three bandages total for my entire leg instead of like the layers of foam, the layers of cotton and all of the other fun pieces and lots of tape, which tape and me don't get along because I have an adhesive allergy. So this is the perfect setup for me. Um, staples. What? Staples. staples. No, you're not stapling me. 
<laughs> You're not Chewing safe gum and paper we? clips. We're open for discussion. Let's try these things out. Um, as uh, Catherine was talking, Nazarene Star Starter joined us. She is a certified lymphedema therapist. Oh, and we've got two certified lymphedema therapists. We've just summoned Karen Ashforth as well tonight. So anybody who has questions, a friendly reminder to pop them in the Q&A box to make sure we see them because chat moves really fast sometimes. Um, and I'd love for one of the therapists, uh, not to interrupt you, Catherine, in your story, but um, to talk about the difference between wearing a uh, flat knit or circular knit garment versus bandages. What's kind of the pros and cons? We touched on this a little last month, but um, it would be great to kind of revisit that for people who might not be so aware of the differences of the two. If anyone wants to take that. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of differences between bandages and uh, compression garments. And specifically to the surgeon that the surgery, I'm sorry, that Catherine just had, a lot of times right after surgery or some of the other surgeries where there's incisions, trying to pull on a garment right afterwards could sometimes shear the incisions or cause damage to them while they're healing. So we definitely want to wait until you've healed a little bit uh, to go from bandaging to compression garments. Um, the garments themselves are, uh, th there's a million different types of garments, even within circular knit or flat knit compression garments, but they do happen to contain you differently the way the garments are made. So there's different levels of pressure, there's different levels of fabric containment between these types of garments. The compression bandaging is a really, really great way to reduce. Uh, so if you are having swelling, it's a great way to reduce, but also maintain. I have many patients who bandage every evening uh, just because they're more comfortable and they, they find it to be easier and more comfortable than some of the nighttime garments or less hot. The garments, the fast and go, my patients absolutely love because um, it's lighter, it's, it's not as many layers. With the hypersensitivity uh, that Catherine was discussing, that's very common. A lot of times there's nerve impairments, damage from these different surgeries and having that, um, having to pull on a garment can make that feel a little bit worse. So the bandaging can be a little bit more comfortable too. That's interesting. And, and it sounds like from, cause Catherine and I were chatting a little bit earlier and we are both historically not bandaging type people. We're definitely more garment people, but Catherine was saying with the fast and go, it's pretty easy. She's kind of a convert now to the bandage life. <laughs> yes. It is easy. I've had a lot of people switch over who absolutely refused um, to bandage ever, but also refuse nighttime garments. And then they, they will do the fast and go at nighttime and it's really nice and light and very comfortable. Um, I, I also think with the hypersensitivity you can have after surgery, all those bulky layers sometimes can be uncomfortable as well. Uh, and, and we definitely, I know as therapists, we work on a lot of desensitization after surgery because that is really quite common. Amy Beef in the chat, she's a lymph well on Instagram. You might all know her. She's a fellow Canadian lymphy like Amanda. She says that she loves the fast and go too. I had given up on bandages for years and worn nighttime garments for years instead, but now I, I only wear fast and go at night. That's awesome. The only suggestion I have with that bandaging is if you would normally wear a toe cap or wrap your toes, make sure that you still do that because 
Um, you can still get toe swelling um, because it is it does react just like a regular bandage does. So if you're not a fan of toe bandaging per se, I would say make sure you have a toe cap or something that helps with your toes so you don't wind up with sausages. <laughs> yeah, protect the piggies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We, um, we got a question in chat that actually is a great segue for something that Kelly wanted to talk about. Larnetta Young said, can I have suggestions on therapists for my daughter who was just diagnosed with lymphedema today? Kelly, right before we came online, you said, let's talk about finding therapists. So please. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we're kind of flipping with our answers as well, just to hold us accountable and even like everybody will go to LEARN's website, which LEARN links to the training center's websites. If you go to their websites, they're not up to date, they're not accurate. And then even if you go to the institutions where you know they're a therapist, you can't find them or find out how to get in touch with them. And then you contact physicians. Like, and it's like, I will be honest, like for me, that's a complaint. <laughs> but all I can tell you is like today, like, well, yesterday I was on the phone helping a friend back, a classmate back home. And I took it a step further rather than send him on the venture. I took the venture myself and I literally had to contact the only place online I could find was a therapist at a hospice. And he's like, well, we really don't do that. And he goes, but have him come in here and I'll help him. God bless him. Cause he, he knew he, he was a PT. And, but he said, I'll get him set up and everything. But if I couldn't find him, because the, the one guy, one thing about this poor guy, he was treated for the only treatment he's had for lymphedema for four years is, is uh, uh, the lace, Lasix, the um, diuretic. And so now everything from it hasn't progressed wider. It's just gotten harder, which is everybody on this panel knows is that's exactly what will happen if that's the only treatment you're ever going to get. And so now he needs a therapist to help break that up and shrink that. And so it was just that journey for me took me myself who has a lot of experience knows it took me eight hours and I just took a shot and I don't um and it's not the first time like Jen recently um I we signed we're going to the NLN my wife's now certified uh, massage therapist she's going to get a CLT training so during when I signed her up for NLN <laughs> She, uh, I put her down as a therapist. They actually put her in the publication. A local, on we live in Southport, small area, contacted her for treatment because she's listed as a therapist. And so she had to say, well, I'm not certified yet. And so she said, well, and she kind of told Jen, that, Jen told her my story and said, oh, my husband's this. And so she goes, oh, can I talk to you guys? So she came over and we we actually had to, we've, we've located the therapist down and we had to like get her set up. But therapists make the difference when you got someone in a position. And I mean, it is, it's, it's difficult finding. So I don't even have an answer for you because I don't control, just keep digging. I don't want to flippantly tell you, well, go to this website. I would definitely start there, but that's, that's something I think us as a community needs to start focusing on rather than thinking that the training centers like close and um, what's the, uh, sorry, <laughs> my brain goes, Norton, Norton. Norton, Norton, yeah. Norton, that they're going to keep their sites up, updated so we actually can get accurate information out to patients or that we have, or any patient has access to it. That is the number one question I get. And then you see it was one of the first questions on here. Can I tell you how I find, cause I, we have people Absolutely. Who come from 
all over. We have people who come from all over uh, to see our surgeons here. And you're going to love this answer. I have my lymphopress reps help me find therapists in the area. That is a hundred percent how I do it. I, you know, oh, you're here. And I will ask people I know who's your, who works for lymphopress there, because they'll actually know who's treating in the area. And I know that's like, you know, this company, (laughs) but I I really do. I really do uh, value their opinions too, because they can tell you, yes, there's 20 therapists listed in that area, but these are the ones who actually treat their patients the way I know you want them treated. So I really value their opinions too. So that's a great way. And I, I know that's really not able for everyone, but if you if you if you could that's coming, that's coming from a, a therapist standpoint mm-hmm. and from me mm-hmm. and we're linked to lymphopress and i will tell you that's 100 a good asset but any like the, the patient the person that brought that up that's not a good resource Mm-mm. um no. and it's a perfect one for us but i'm pretty sure lymphopress doesn't get inundated with people wanting to know where therapists are well they may i don't know i mean i shouldn't answer for the lymphopress but <laughs> I usually yeah. CLT Lana website or Centers of Excellence. Um, I mean, those are my two go-tos. Yeah. I, I again, I've gone I... to all of those too. And just like Kelly was saying, some of the people aren't treating still. And it is really challenging. I, I, but I don't know what's a better solution. I, I love that they have those websites though, set up the Learn and the Lana and... Uh, they're they're all great sites, but I don't I don't know who's going to have the job of keeping everything accurate all the time. Jump, not, yeah, there's no centralized. In? Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Sorry, I don't know if anyone can hear me. <laughs> like, I, you. <laughs> um, I think just by being part and showing up for the community, what I found is the best resource because you're having these conversations and you're getting the therapist's opinions and the the patient's opinions and. Hopefully, maybe people from Lana and Learn are also watching this too. Like I ended up updating our therapist list for the province of Manitoba to make sure that the information is correct and up to date and putting the onus on the therapist. So if you do see a therapist, get them to plug into their resources to make sure that their information is up to date. And I hate to tell you, it's so funny how this condition is about the lymphatics and your lymphatics affect every single thing in your body. And it's amazing how your community is very similar to your lymphatic system. Um, it's, it's kind of really a, a funny, I don't know what the, the English term is for just the, the symbolism of it, but being plugged in, asking people, talking to people, and everybody has a hand in, whether it be an association, whether it be a therapist, a patient, um, everybody has to plug in. And I think that's how we make the difference and and, and making sure that people get up-to-date current information. That's a really good point. And on, on that note too, speaking of community, if you're, there's a lot of people giving great um, advice in chat too. If you just make sure that your setting is set so that everyone is receiving the message and not just hosts and panelists, because we're seeing some great helpful chats, but they're only coming to us panelists and we want everyone to be able to see. Angela, go ahead. Um, as far as massage therapist, I um, check the local massage school to see what types of massages they offered. But I also took a Saturday and I went through the internet and this was my Arizona location. And I found five, 10 therapists and I actually interviewed each and every one of them 
to see if we could work together to see what modality they offered and to see if we just kind of, you know, if we just clicked. So I ended up, I actually have three, three therapists in Arizona and I have two when I go back home to North Carolina, but I also like various types of massages depending on how I feel because I have lymphedema and lipedema. So I love Lomi Lomi massages, which tend to be a combination. It's a Hawaiian style, but I have, um, I get different kinds of massages based on how my body feels, but a good, a good place to start looking is if there's a local massage school or spa or something like that. That's a good tip. That's a really good tip. And we can drop in chat too. Um, I'll collect the links of some of the other resources that we mentioned um, and have the links in chat and make sure they're out in the replay email that comes out when the recording is ready about a week from the, the live event. So you all can have those handy. Um, but yeah, this is all wonderful advice. And community is such a massive part of the lymphedema experience because it is such an isolating condition as so many of us know. And once you kind of break through and hatch from that, that shell a little bit and you see there's a whole world that opens up. Um, and we experience that every month here at the round table with all of you. Um, tomorrow morning, actually, I'm leaving for Camp Watch Me, which Nazreen went last year, um, we got to meet in person, um, a pediatric lymphedema summer camp where kids with lymphedema get to connect and meet with other families. So it's really neat to see community exploding beyond the internet into the real world, um, because there's, there's so much online, but there's a lot going on and building in person too. So it's all about kind of finding and sometimes creating your own communities. Um, so speaking of traveling, um, summer is a big travel time, people going on vacation, but lymphedema unfortunately does not take a vacation. Um, I'd love to ask the, the panel here if they have any tips on managing your lymphedema when you're away from home and your usual home base of tools and supply or your, your routines rather, how do you kind of translate that to vacation time? Bueller. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll go. go ahead. <laughs> so a couple things that I would normally do um, would be to make sure if I'm seeing a lymphedema therapist to set up a couple extra appointments before I go. Um, because I know for me, flying is not necessarily always a fun fiasco. It's more like a fiasco um, in terms of just getting through security. Um, because unfortunately, my lymphedema sets off the alarms at the security desk. Um, so don't be afraid that that happens. It's because of the difference in the limb size of your body from left side to right side. Um, so don't be offended if they say, hey, we need to do the, um, the pat down to make sure that everything is okay. Because in reality, it, it takes 30 seconds for them to do what they got to do um, and just kind of go with it. They'll feel right on top of the bandages. It's not like they're doing anything crazy. Um, and make sure that you have your wraps with you um, for the flight or some sort of compression device that you're going to utilize. And you may, depending on what your doctor or therapist says, you may need to add something to your compression for the flight, depending on how your body reacts. Um, and while you're on a flight, um, do some like ankle pumps and get up. I get up and walk the entire aisle twice um, every 20 minutes. Um, I don't necessarily know that the air traffic control people like me for that, but I don't really care. <laughs> um, I do it anyway, because it's better for me. 
Um, and to me, my health is just as important as everybody else's. So there's no reason why I can't. So instead of using the bathroom that's closest to me, I use the one that's furthest away. So I get my walk-in while going to the bathroom, but I tell them I have to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes. So it makes it work, makes it work. Um, and then lastly would be make sure you give yourself time to, um, adjust to wherever you're going to be. So if the temperature is warmer, don't immediately take off compression when you get there, like leave it on for a while after you get off the plane so that this way your body is adjusting and you're still compressing while your body is learning to adjust so that this way it doesn't blow out of proportion, which can unfortunately happen at times depending on how your lymphedema reacts. And Catherine, um, RJ wanted to know in the Q&A box, if you could tell again how you get through airport security. Oh, how I get through airport security. <laughs> so I have a little special trick. Um, I will send the, the information to Alexa again, if she needs it. Um, I call TSA CARES program. Um, I call You have to call them 48 hours ahead of time. When you call them 48 hours ahead, of, at least 48 hours ahead of time, you give them your flight information. They will have a security guard meet you at the entrance where you check in and they will help to escort you through security without it taking forever in a day. And you do not have to wait on the long lines. They will get you from point A to point B, meaning your, your gate, um, without you ha having to necessarily walk there if you don't need that. Um, typically I could walk it, but if it takes less time for me to get through security because they're pushing me through a wheelchair with it, fan and dandy, I'm all for it because it's easier that way. And um, they will do everything, any help that they can give you, they will. Um, and then there is another trick that I do know about flying, um, which is if you fly, and this only works for Southwest. So this is a Southwest Airlines trick only. If you have any sort of disability, it doesn't matter what the disability is, or even if you technically are considered to be an overweight person, okay, you can call, you can pay for a second ticket for to get a second seat. And then after your trip is completed, you can call them and make them aware that it was due to a disability and they will refund you the price of that second seat. And if there's extra tickets when you arrive at the airport for that flight, you ask them, is there a possibility I can get another one? And they'll give you a third one for free at the airport. And then you get the whole row to yourself. And then you can put your leg up on the chairs. That's a hot tip. <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> Something that I like to do is um, I know that my lymphedema is mostly in my right leg, but sometimes my left leg will swell too if I'm on my feet a lot or I'm walking. And usually with travel, it's a lot of being on my feet and moving around. So I have um, a backup uh, knee-high compression garments for my uh, left leg that I'll wear just as an extra boost to my lymphatics and help support them as I'm as I'm moving so it's not completely overloaded. Or even um, having like over-the-counter compression socks too, if I don't have my knee highs, or if you might not have um, custom garments for your, your other limb, um, those are also good to have handy because it's, it's better than, than nothing. And a lot of people who don't have lymphedema wear those compression socks, those over-the-counter ones um, for flights and things too, because they're just really helpful for tired legs. So um, anybody else have tips for general travel? And then we're going to get to the Q and A's and questions in chat because there's a lot coming through too. Go ahead, Amanda. 
I just came back from Yellowstone in Montana. What an amazing trip that was. I road tripped it. So I wasn't in a plane. I drove. Um, I think for anybody traveling or just anybody at all that's listening, get your habits in check. Whatever you currently do in the comfort of your own home to manage your condition, do try your best to take those habits with you when you travel. Um, I had a very bad reaction with food when I was on the road. It kind of knocked me out for a full six hours and took me away from sightseeing and doing all those things. So things do happen. Um, but I think if you get those habits and you, you know, you're committed to, you know, getting your movement in, being compliant with your compression, making sure you're drinking your water, resting when you need extra change of shoes because your feet will swell if you're walking lots of places, um, check off all these things to make sure that you can stay comfortable and to, to, to make sure that you're still being consistent with the best therapy that you can do in the comfort of your travel amenities. And I think just go have a great time, be in the moment, maybe have your therapist on backup when you come back and you need that massage because you know your legs are tired or your arms or whatever you have the swelling from, but do your best to stay consistent and be compliant while on the road so that you don't have to let your swelling affect you and take away from the memories that you could be making. Oh, on that, on that note, with Amanda saying, making sure you're bringing extra shoes, extra things to maintain your compression, bring your compression pump with you. It can fly and it doesn't go underneath the airplane. Bring it with you on the plane. It's considered a medical device, which means it flies for free and it does not count against your, um, your carry on bag. And that way you can, you have at least that, um, modality to use, to help to, um, to decompress your leg a little bit at nighttime or in the morning, depending on when you use it, or maybe even both. Yeah. And Amy in the chat says, summer travel tips I have, don't take a vacay from your lymphedema. Bring the tools, bandages, compression sleeves you normally wear. Learn about your trip and where you are going and what the weather will be like. Bring your self-care goods with you. Bring a supply of antibiotics to have on hand in case you get infections. Think about comfy shoes, et cetera. Make sure you can be cool and can get wet sometimes too. Do a couple MLD sessions before and after travel too. Be sure to have fun. I think that last part is so important to Amy because it's so easy for us to get caught up in the hubbub of like trying to manage our lymphedema and, and feeling kind of discouraged sometimes if we're having a flare up, but we can live full lives with lymphedema. So many of us do, and um, we don't want to lose sight of that in the midst of taking care of it. You know, we take care of it so we can live our lives. Um, and in that regard too, oh, Fenton has Hey, Fenton, he has a comment too in chat. And he says, yes, if you request a handicap seat, this is for the plane, I, I assume, um, they usually are able to give you a seat up front near the restrooms and a double seat where the seat arm comes up. This was a godsend when I traveled to Europe last year. The key is to call in advance and smaller airlines may not be able to, to accommodate, but shop around. That's also a really good tip. Um, oh, Kelly. One last thing, and I've never heard of this till this year, but I know people that actually set up uh, CLT appointments started with, ther with therapists at their travel location in the middle of their vacation. I, and I've heard it, I heard it once and I've heard it now four times since. And so if you can find a therapist, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a great tip having one there. If you're, if, especially if you know, you may run into issues from the flight. That is a really good tip. Angela, go ahead. A lot of my traveling is done from Arizona to home, my home state, North Carolina. So I do have therapists, like Kelly said, I get a, I get um, 
massages before I leave Arizona. And then I get one the next day once I get to North Carolina. And I also, as Catherine said, I also tend to, I go through my airline for wheelchair assistance. So when I make my flight reservation, I just go ahead and click that I need, you know, a wheelchair. So when I get there, they're ready for me. And I have not had any problems. It's been smooth. I'm kind of spoiled. I like first class because I like the extra leg room. So <laughs> there's that. If it's at all possible to somehow get extra leg room, get that if you can. And I do move about frequently on the plane. It's all really good tips. Yeah, Amy in the chat said that she did that. She went and sourced a Vodder therapist when she traveled through Europe. And even in Cuba, she found one, which is awesome. We have lots of questions coming through. Um, while talking about finding a therapist and managing our lymphedema, we got a question from Robin who says they are holding 10 inches of fluid in their arm where they have lymphedema that they can't get down. So they wear a sleeve and a glove. They also have trunk lymphedema where they wear compression 24 seven. They use a lymphopress, but they can't get their swelling and their fluid to go down. Any suggestions? I think there was a suggestion somebody put in there to see a therapist for a complete decongestive therapy. And I would completely agree with that. Sometimes we get into compression garments and they may be ill-fitting. And so they actually could cause you to swell worse if they're cutting into you the wrong way. They might just be holding all that fluid in. So sometimes we need to reduce, we need to go back to bandaging. We might go back to, you know, what type of garments you're using and kind of start over from the beginning. I, I'll be honest, most of my patients, I have them come back first off every three months or so, but every couple of years for checkups, just because life changes, their bodies change. And so even if maybe you tried something in the past and it didn't work for you and you feel like this is where you were, we've had a lot of changes in garments, lots of changes in technology. So there is possibilities that um, the therapist might be able to help you now, but it does sound like you probably could go through a whole nother cycle of the complete decongestive therapy. Um, and if you have a therapist that you've been working with, you know, I would suggest going back to them. That's good advice. Thanks, Nazarene, for that. Mm -hmm. um, an anonymous attendee said that they said, I have no ankle, so I cannot pump my leg. I must use compression. Compression stockings cause a wound in the crease on the top of my foot where it connects to the leg. I was told to use the lymphopress three times a day for an hour. Does the fast and go bandage help in this case? Right away, this feels like definitely a question for your lymphedema therapist, um, but we can have some general conversation perhaps about pumping and wounds and wearing Stockings, we talked about this a little bit earlier, compression stockings and wounds versus bandages. Um, does anybody wanna um, give some general conversation around this? But again, definitely talk to your doctor for specific medical treatment advice. I can just answer with the fast and goes that they, they do have to be measured to you. Um, and it, not it's not so strict like a regular garment, but they are based on the size of the limb and the length of the limb. And so it, you might not fit properly into the garment um, if you do not have ankles, as you said, I think is what Alexa said. Mm -hmm. So if you don't really have that shaping there around your ankle, it, it might not work properly for you and it may fall into the crease there. Um, I would really problem solve with your therapist or wound care center about that area too, um, because sometimes you need different types of wound care dressings to address that area. Or 
even if we do bandaging, we just might need to change the padding we're putting there or, or what, what we're using. And in compression garments, if you do get into them, they can actually sew pockets into areas that you know you tend to have creases in. So um, yes. it does make it a little bit more expensive, but there are ways to kind of address these troublesome areas with garments. Um, I, and I'm just not trying to not answer that, but I did see somebody asked earlier about the Fast and Go 2 with a larger, and I, I apologize if I'm saying this incorrectly, but maybe like a, a decreased shaping of the limb or a heavier limb. And I, I have had people where it has not worked for that too, just because they're not containing with the shape, because you do have to fit into the size chart as well. Um, and there are certain reduction kits with lobe lifters and different options of inelastic bandages that work really great for that too, um, that aren't maybe as cumbersome as, you know, trying to do all the multi-layer bandaging. So there are some other options there too for that, but um, you just really do still need to look at the size charts with those, but they're great. They're really great. Kelly. Can I, I just want to point out to especially the patients that are listening, when Nazarene says this, there's a, it's not like, because I know a lot of, again, like a lot of patients, they'll get diagnosed with lymphedema and then their doctor will give them say, wear compression garments and like, and then put them on diuretics or something and that's it. Well, that's not the process. There is like when Nazarene, everything, that's a step process that Nazarene and, and Karen are trained in. And when you miss that tech, that process, you're missing the important part, which is getting it under control first. And that's why the therapist is so important because there, that's what all these things she brought up. Your doctor's not trained on us. We're not trained as patients, especially, but like, that's important. I just want to let you guys know, there's a process that goes through there. If you ever get, and you, a friend gets diagnosed with lymphedema and their doctor says, yeah, go buy some compression garments off the shelf and diagnose, put some on diuretics and that's it. There's, there's more that needs to be done and they need a therapist. Let the therapist make the decision on where to go from after the diagnosis. Amanda. And I'm going to piggyback on both Nazarene and Kelly because I love how Nazarene answers the question. And so all of us said that like I'm 20 years into my lymphedema. So like I understand about the pockets and I understand about the forms and I understand about all these things and these tools that we can use or how some bandages work and some tools don't. It's not a one size fits all, which I think becomes extremely frustrating. And the lady that doesn't have the ankles, the question is, well, is it because they're super filled with fluid? Um, what tools are you using to maybe help you minimize that swelling and manage that? You know, are you using swell spots? Are you using ankle supports? Are you just using bandages? Um, and if your therapist doesn't have a, um, a diverse toolbox like Karen or Nazarene, these are the things that you need to be looking for. Um, and if you don't understand what we're talking about, keep on coming back. You'll figure it out eventually, but it's not like what Kelly uses you know, yes, fast and go. There's a lot of us on the panel that had had the privilege of using it and we love it. Same thing with Lymphopress. We use it. We love it. But not all products work the same for all patients. So don't just buy into that single product. It has to be uh, administered by a professional. You do have to understand what you, these products are for and also what they're trying to fix because your ankle is going to look different than somebody's knee or someone's arm or someone's truncal region. And it, this is where I think the frustration in the condition comes and it's that patience. 
of, I know when I started my compression therapy, I would try products and actually throw them out because they just didn't work. And sometimes it is a trial by error. So I think it's great to ask the questions. I think it's great to get the information, but don't always be sold on just what I use. Uh, get educated, talk it over with a professional and, and make sure that you are also educated as to why we use products like these. Yeah. Excellent and important point. And don't get discouraged too. If you're looking at other patients who you may perceive as having uh, less lymphedema than you do, less swelling, I mean, don't get discouraged by seeing that. And don't assume either that they also aren't having their own struggles with trying to manage and find that perfect balance of tools to use or, you know, whatever other symptoms they may be having also. Um, everybody, you know, the lymphedema experience is not the same for everybody, but mm. we're all in this together and where there's elements we can all understand and help one another with. Um, and that's why coming together in these, in these groups and things like that are so important. Um, Facebook, Instagram, there's tons of communities on there too, um, where you can connect with other patients and it is helpful to hear what, what works for others and what doesn't, cause it may sparks an idea of, oh, I've never heard of that. I'm going to ask my therapist about it and try that. And it could help you. It could not, as Amanda said, and as we say every month, um, Angela's always preaching that too. Like just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me or vice versa. Um, so it's always super important. Um, go ahead, Catherine. And one other thing in terms of when you're looking um, at um, lymphedema therapists is to really have that open communication with them about what your expectations are from a patient perspective, as well as seeing where their thoughts are about how they're going to treat your lymphedema, because sometimes you need to be treated in a non-traditional manner. And some therapists, unfortunately, only do traditional lymphedema therapy. And that doesn't always work for some. So you sometimes need to see if the therapist is willing to go outside the box a little bit to explore how it's going to best work for you. Because you can have a therapist who sees seven patients in one day for lymphedema patients, but if they treat every single, all seven patients the same way, they're not going to get the same result on all seven patients. Whereas if they individualize it, it's going to get the best results for each patient based on what their needs actually are. Kelly, go ahead. Yeah, you know how we're always screaming for individualized healthcare? Lymphatic treatment, if you're diagnosed with lymphedema, once you've gotten through the struggle of getting diagnosed with it, the only successful treatment for lymphedema is individualized because the lymphatic system touches everything in the body. And so it affects it all differently. And so that's why, and then that's why you have the individual healthcare. And so that's why therapists are the best place to go immediately after your um, diagnose, diagnosis. Can I just say too, um, just have some understanding with your therapist too, if you come see us that we might, there's so many medical conditions that can cause swelling. So I might not be an expert on every single genetic mutation that may cause your swelling, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to try my best to help you manage your swelling. I think sometimes people get a little frustrated if you don't know everything about everything <laughs> with us. Um, and and also just, just like, uh, I think Amanda was saying too, that, and Catherine, that sometimes you're in one thing and it doesn't work. And then you kind of switch to another. We're not, 
we're not 100% sure how your body is going to respond either as therapists. So we may suggest something. It doesn't mean that we're not going to find you the right path eventually. Uh, we just need to work with you. And so it might take a little bit of trial and error to get you there. Yeah, and Juanita just made a good point in the chat too. What will work for you today may not work another day. And that's a conversation I've had with Angela before too. She's talked to me about how, you know, their condition changes every day sometimes. And I think we all can relate to that. So you have to kind of think right. on your feet and use the tools that you have and find what's going to work that day. Cause different, there's different triggers for different, you know, flare-ups and things. Um, I know for me, if I eat a lot of sodium, my leg is so heavy and dense, but other people don't have that issue when they eat sodium foods. So it varies, but um, we have more great questions going on in the chat. Um, Tina has a clarifying question. She asks, am I thinking right? Therapist does the garment issues and therapist and a doctor MD is needed to prescribe the antibiotics. Randy says, correct, Tina. Is that is that correct panel? Yes. Um, I actually will, I do want to clarify one thing mm -hmm. is that at least in the state of New Jersey, the physician also needs to write the script for the compression garments. The therapist can recommend what they think and they can measure for it, but they cannot write the medical script to place the order. Good distinction. You need that with pneumatic compression as well. A doctor's order is required to get a medical pump. Thank you for that, Catherine. Um, Sandy Darley asked in the Q&A box, how do you know if you have properly fitted garments? Amanda, you're muted. Because <laughs> it feels like you have nothing on, but you're totally supported all at the same time. <laughs> it just feels good. It feels right. Yeah. Trust your body. Your instincts will point you in the right direction. If it's too tight, it's not right. If it's too loose, it's of no use. Take it away, everyone. You need to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe clarify that it's all Never mind. Never mind. This is also on table after hours. Go ahead, Catherine. Also, if you swell more, more than likely there is a garment fitting issue. So if you're swelling more above or below, it probably is too tight. Um, so you want to like when you first get your garment and Nazreen and Karen, you can totally ch chime in on this. I always go when I first get a garment, I will wear it. Um, and even if I'm in active therapy still, I will literally tell my therapist, I'm going to wear this garment tomorrow. And I want you to measure me now. And we're going to measure it tomorrow. And we're going to look to see, is there any differences in the measurements? Did they increase? Did they decrease? Did they stay the same? Obviously decreasing and staying the same are okay. Increase should not happen if you haven't changed anything else. So if you're increasing, then something is either not functioning correctly with your lymphatic system or your garment is not fitting properly. That is probably the biggest, easiest telltale sign that it's not fitting properly. Or if it's on your foot and you get this like callousy type thing up on the side of your foot and it hurts to wear shoes. Those are some of the lower extremity telltales that it's too tight. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm an attached toe caps wearer. I know there's different camps among the lower extremity lymphedema community. If you have detached toe caps, attached toe caps, or just the open toe or the connected toe, I'm a attached toe caps. But when, when they're uncomfortable, it feels like a tourniquet on my toes and I have to like, 
get them off immediately. So being super attentive to um, how it feels on your body. Nazarene mentioned earlier, you can get panels or pockets on the crease areas of your garments. I have those on my Medi garments behind the knee and the top of the ankle. I have a silk line panel that is really helpful with that pinching that can happen after you're wearing it all day long. Um, so each garment you'll find too, again, with the trial and error, different garments can feel differently on you. Like I know for me, the Jobst Elvarex is so heavy and stiff for, for me to wear. And I found my sweet spot with Medi, but Jobst Confidence has really nice buttery feeling compression. There's all kinds out there. So um, if you can't access like getting to see some and feel them yourself, um, reading reviews online, there's a lot of patients who have blogs or reviews or on their Instagrams or Facebook groups, just ask, put out your feelers and see if people have experience with different things to kind of gauge, but they're so different even with the feel. Go ahead, Catherine. Uh, one other thing is if you do wind up with an ill-fitting garment, make sure you let your therapist know right away because they can probably work with the place that you ordered your compression garment as long as it's within a timely fashion. Now, Nazarene and Karen, I'm not exactly sure of the time frame. I think it's 30 days. At least that's where most places in New Jersey say it's about 30 days that they'll remake the garment to make sure that it fits properly so that this way you're not doing more damage than good for your body. It depends a lot on the manufacturer if it's a custom garment. And I have some patients where if they've never done a custom garment before, I'll make sure that we have an appointment scheduled so that I can assess the garment after they've received it. So we kind of guesstimate when they're going to get their garment and then um, we'll look at it right away. And in the meantime, I'll have them wash it a few times, wear it a few times. And if it's not working, um, then we can get it remade within that time window. But that's something to check on when you actually order a custom garment. Now, other garments, the, the ready to wear garments, it depends on who you get it from, whether you can return or exchange. I have a lot of patients that have to pay cash for their garments, so I send them to the compression closet because Teresa is fantastic about exchanges, and she will stand on her head. She's a certified fitter, and she will even do custom garments. So this is a good thing for people to know that um, don't have insurance coverage that are paying out of pocket for custom garments. Instead of going through a brick and mortar store that has a high overhead, going through an online vendor such as the compression closet can save you a ton of money. And you know you wanna find a place that has good customer service, which is why I, I really work with her a lot because she's just the best. I wanna say another little thing about compression garments and that is that you need a wardrobe. Some days you're going to wear your fat clothes. Some days you're going to wear your skinny clothes. And like Amanda said, it's got to feel good. And one thing about elastic compression is that it will degrade over time. So it's really important to keep that in mind. If you are um, attached to a garment and then all of a sudden it's not working anymore, it may be too old. It may be that the elastic has stretched out. So I think that, you know, how do you know? It's just important that it feels good and that it does contain you. And I teach all my, my patients to do self-measurement so that they can measure themselves 
there's even techniques for measuring one-handed on the opposite arm. You use tape to secure it to your arm and um, it, it works really well. That way you have the power to see, okay, is this working? Am I exploding? Um, is this containing me? So it, just like therapists have toolboxes, patients need toolboxes. You need to have a really comprehensive toolbox with, you know, wraps if you're not feeling like you want to wear elastic and um, the, you know, quilted. I have patients that wear their quilted garments around the house like Ugg boots because they can be really comfortable if you want to have a relaxing day. So don't hesitate to talk to your therapist about all the different alternatives and, you know, give yourself choices. Can I jump on the back of Karen as well, too? Because yeah, I think this gets really, I think we talk about it a lot, but it doesn't get communicated. Um, it's kind of like jean shopping. You have different types of jeans that you try on and you try the Levi's, you try the blues, you try the guests, you try, I don't know what other brands are out there. I really don't shop you guys. It was a terrible analogy, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Um, if you haven't sampled the different fabrics and the different models and the makes from different companies, if you have the ability to do so, I would highly recommend it because they all fit differently. You might have a formal event that one company does a really fantastic job in a pantyhose, but they might not be the best for a day-to-day -day wear or what have you fits your body. Um, there's different styles, there's different makes, there's different fabrics. And I think everyone should play around in the compression market to see what fits them. Again, learn how to self-measure, learn how to take in, in part of that process because it really makes a difference of not only wearing your compression, but being compliant to it. Because once it feels good and you know how good it can feel, you're going to be more likely to wear it and you'll see an improvement in your condition. That's a fantastic point is that compliance or just using your tools, It you have to want to do it. It has to be easy or comfortable for you to use. And Fenton made a good point in the chat. He said, a proper measured and fitted garment by a certified fitter is so important. I won't wear a support garment if it feels better when they are off. A perfect fit is the goal. And it is a challenge for me with my primary lower extremity lymphedema. We feel you on that, Fenton. Mm -hmm. Too long, too short, too tight, too loose, all the things. If it's too much of two nothings, you're going in the wrong direction. You gotta be it's the gotta be just right. Goldilocks of compression. <laughs> just right. It's just gotta be just, you know, you gotta make a comic strip, uh, Alexa, and you gotta yeah. do a whole Goldilocks. That's your next goal. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I think you should tag me. Yeah, I will. I will. And yours will have your little catchphrase coming yeah. up. <laughs> Go ahead, Kelly. We're talking about compression garments. One thing I, I want to point out, because I've seen this happen, is like, your compression garments, and you guys, your therapist can correct me if I'm wrong, are usually ordered at the end of your CDT when they get everything compressed. And so it is crucially important between the time that that finishes to the time you get that garment that you maintain that your do whatever, like maintain that. Go to your therapist thing. Because what happens is you finish that therapy session and your garment's coming six weeks later, you kind of said, I'm not going to do this. And you're, you're, you're going to go back because the compression garment, its goal is really to maintain what the success you've had with the CDT, the, the therapist. And I think that's right. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I've heard people talk about that. And I'm like, dude, what'd you do between then? So. Yeah. It only I know for me, work it. <laughs> I know for me, whenever I've ordered a garment, 
I make sure I'm at least seeing the therapist at least once or twice a week until that garment comes in to make sure that I can keep it reduced enough so when the garment comes in, it fits properly. That's what we do as well. Um, we keep seeing our patients. Uh, sometimes if they know the garment's going to take quite a while and the patient only took a, a couple of days to hit their plateau and reduce, I'll say, take the next like two weeks off into your old garments and then come back for like a really intensive phase the week before those garments are coming in because or else they just want to kill me, you know, <laughs> if I keep them in bandages too long. But uh, yeah, same thing. We get them in to make sure that they stay reduced. And measure in the morning. Never in the afternoon. Yes. <laughs> Tina had a question. This might be for Kelly and Karen because it's LTA, Lymphedema Treatment Act related. Are compression garments going to be covered by insurance at the start of the year in the U.S.? January 2nd. They are, but we don't know to what extent. What can I say? How much? <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's still being worked on. You cannot walk away from them, that group, just so you know. There's a lot of information. There's people asking for patients to evaluate it. Go to their website. I'll see if I get time to pull it up. And they'll, they're asking for input right now. And that group is still fighting to make sure you get the best coverage and that you're treated well. Awesome. Yeah, if you could pop that in the chat. I think it's lymphedematreatmentact.org, but you can correct me if that's wrong. We are in the last couple minutes here of our lovely hour. Um, so I thought let's go around the panel and y'all in the chat, let us know too, what's something you're really pumped about this month? Who wants to start? Amanda, you look pumped. We, the Lymphedema Association of Manitoba has a meeting with the health minister this month. For, oh, wow. for Manitoba. So that's huge. That's insane. It's never been done before. You guys are the first to know. I'm super pumped. I don't know where it's going to go, but at least we're getting somewhere. So that's my news, you guys. Take it away. That's amazing. That is awesome news. Working with patients from Canada and I'm like, oh, we're advocating. They're like, we can't get seen. That's a big deal in Canada. It's a huge, it's a huge yeah. deal. Anyways, yeah. I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'm getting on a flight to Colorado to hang out with pediatric lymphedema patients at Camp Watch Me for a few days. So I am super pumped about that. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you all about it when we meet next month. <laughs> Who else? Well, I'll say for this month, I'm pumped. I just, um, oh, I'm sorry. I just uh, volunteered at Camp Promise, which is a camp for uh, people with neuromuscular disorders and muscular dystrophy. And when I was there, I noticed after everybody's been sitting in there, because most of them are in power wheelchairs, by the end of camp, everybody's legs were swollen. So next year, I'm going to try to get some lymphedema treatment in towards the end of it, because we have lots of people with these neuromuscular disorders come to us with swelling. And why not start a camp? That's always fun. That's awesome. Way to go. I am, go ahead, I, I am truly super pumped about the power of positivity. I can get into such a negative place and I know I'm there and I refuse to leave it until I'm ready. So my goal um, for the past two weeks has been 
I was having some problems with my knees. And so I'd get up every morning going, oh God, I know they're going to hurt as soon as I touch the floor. So I decided to change the thinking and get a little bit bold and go, they better not hurt when my feet touch the floor. So <laughs> that's my power of positive thinking. But I'm super pumped about just what a difference it makes in any condition. That's awesome. Thanks, Angela, for that. Who else? Kelly? Well, I often get questions asked, like, so if I'm trying to make a difference in the lymphedema community, like, how do I do that? And like, what organization is the best? And I'm like, it's not really which one's the best. They all su need supporting. Um, I'm a um, the chair of the LEARN chapter here in North Carolina. LEARN's thing is they're focused on finding a cure. NLN is to make sure you get the best treatment from your therapist. Uh, Brian's feet is for pediatrics children. And then you have LTA, which is trying to fight in the U.S. to get make sure we're covered. And those four organizations in the United States, you should be 100% members of. Just so you know, and support you in some way. That's another t-shirt idea is like the Captain Planet rings coming together, yeah. but it's all the different organizations. <laughs> that's what those organizations do if anybody wants to know. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll include links to those in the in the email that goes out after the recording. Awesome, thank available. you. Who hasn't shared their pumped news, Catherine? <laughs> I am super pumped to see what my results are um, over the next four weeks because the past two have been amazing. So, and he proceeded to tell me today that it's just going to continue to drop. So I cannot wait to share what we're looking like um, in a month from now. Awesome. Thanks for keep, keeping us updated on the journey too, Catherine, because it's really helpful for a lot of people to see what that's like. And it's really, honestly, it's been, it's been, it's been in a year, to be honest, but it was the right timing for me to do it. Um, and they're finding out more and more. And I can tell you that if you want to know more and you're going to be at NLN, you'll have the ability to hear it because I will be presenting about it. Awesome. And the NLN is in October, National Lymphedema Network Conference. So uh, y'all should look into that because a lot of people on this panel will be there too. Karen, what are you excited about? I'm at the beach for a couple of weeks. I'm back in my home hood in Santa Cruz, and um, it's a working vacation because I'm working. I've, I've got four conferences coming up, actually five, um, in September and October. And I'll be at NLN, but only virtually because I'll really be in Germany at another conference. So I'm having a busy time, but I'm loving it. Awesome. We love that. And we are running out of time, but I wanted to read a few from the chat that people are pumped about. Um, let's see, Maggie is staying, she's going to Alaska for a month and will stay with her lymph therapist daughter-in-law. If we could all be so lucky to have a lymph therapist in the, in the family, that's awesome. Fenton is asking for prayers because he's starting a mild intro into the sport of pickleball. He said this could change my life or end it. So good luck, Fenton. We expect a report next month. Um, and, uh, let's see, Tina says she agrees with Angela. I am pumped about what I have in my tool bag today than I had last year. Love that. 
And Juanita is into her 1990s jeans. She's reduced. That's awesome. If that was your goal, great job. And we are over time and I have to pack for Colorado in the morning. So we're going to end. Um, we are here every second Tuesday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you registered, even if you don't attend live, you'll still get the replay in your email. We also put it on the Lymphedema channel on YouTube so you can see all past roundtables there. And we also have a podcast. If you didn't know, it's just audio versions of our roundtables and different interviews that we've done. So if you just search Lymphopress podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen, you can find it and listen to our lovely dulcet tones as you're pumping or walking outside, moving your lymph or whatever it is you may be doing. So um, we thank you all for being with us here tonight. And we're so excited for the weeks ahead. And we can't wait to talk to you next month. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Happy summer. Happy summer. Stay cool. Yeah.